Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And we have another awesome special guest with us today. Yes, today we have the pleasure of speaking with Kim Bella. She is a licensed esthetician of 20 years based in Atlanta, Georgia. She is the owner of Skincare by Kimbella, as well as the owner of the Solo Esthetician Facebook group, which I know many of y'all are a part of. So Kim, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to be able to talk to you and like learn about your extensive experience in the aesthetics industry, also how you started the Solo Esthetician and everything. So thank you for being willing to share. Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm excited to be here with you guys, and you know, and so I'm ready to share some information. Awesome. So let's dive in. You have been an esthetician for 20 years. That's, yes. Can you believe that? No, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> so, I just realized I was writing something up the other day, and I and I turned and I looked, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, is this this is the 20th year? I'm like, wow. I lost track of time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, so how did you get into the industry? So I started out as um, a nail tech. Um, I was doing nails for some years. I actually had a nail salon that I ran for about five years. And then um, I kind of, most of the girls that um, were my friends at, at, at work, they were, they were all estheticians. And I was like, you know what? I've always had a passion for skincare. And so after talking with them a little bit and I was like, you know, I think it's, I think it's time. I think I'm ready to go. Like I kind of would do my friends and things like that on the side, but I'm like, no, you have to be licensed in order to be in this industry and take it to where you want to take it. And so that's when I was just ready to go. And I went to school and esthetician was born. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So um, Royal has just recently really, really discovered pedicures. Okay. Yeah. Oh, how, how do you like those, Royal? Man, I feel like a king. <laughs> I must say, they're they're my favorite as well. <laughs> but like, Kim, it's literally to the point that now I have to budget for pedicures every single month. Because that's all he wants to do. Like, every week. Like, Royal, we do not need to get a pedicure every week. At least every two weeks. Come on. <laughs> I know it's just something about sitting back and that chair and being able to just soak your feet and get them cleaned up yeah so i'm with you royal i'm with you thank you i gotta walk on these bad boys every day (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) awesome (laughs) okay so um when you decided to be a nail tech had you like heard of aesthetics before that and then just decided oh i'm just gonna go with nail tech or was it not even in your radar at that point No, I mean, it was in my radar. Like I said, I used to, my mom and my grandmother, you know, they, everybody did their thing. And my mom used to tweeze my brows and she put a little mask on me. So I've always had the passion and it's always been there. And, um, I just liked everything as far as when it came to the, the, the beauty industry, I loved everything from the nails to the makeup, to the skincare. Um, I just, I think I was just a little bit more, my passion was kind of, with nail art and things like that. So that's why I think I started there and went that route. But skincare was never far behind. It was there. It's, it's just, I took the nail route first. Yeah. Okay. Um. So do you still do nails as well? 
I do perform nail services on a few of my clients. Now, what I will say is that um, once I went into aesthetics, um, that primarily took over. I became more busy with um, skincare and getting booked. And then when I decided to go solo and go on my own, um, you know, it, I didn't want to be able to tell some of my clients, well, you can come see me for the skin, but you have to go somewhere else for nails. I'm like, no, I'm not going to let them go somewhere else. So the few clients I do keep and I do perform their nail services as well, but it's primarily skin. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So how long were you working before you went on your own? So I was with a well-known spa here in Atlanta, Georgia for about 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Long time. Oh, my gosh. And what services did you perform there? I was a man. I started there as a manicure. And then um, and then I went into to skincare is how that worked. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to go off on your own? So it was just one of those things where I felt like, you know, after doing skincare for so long, it's like you're just put in this box. And I just, I'm a creative person. And it's like, you lim- I just felt like I was limited. Like I couldn't really create. I couldn't really, like, I was just tired of doing the same old treatment, you know, and like how many times can you do a treatment on the same person, you know, that's been coming to you for two or three years. And it was mm-hmm. just like, I was just feeling stagnant and, um, me personally, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like estheticians being solo is where it's at. Like, like I just, that's just what I believe. So I was just like, you know what? It's just time. I had to just have faith and just believe. And then when I made the decision, that was it. And I was like, okay, I have to go. I nice. love it. <laughs> yes. So it, it's been interesting, you know, um, I have no regrets. Um, you know, it was hard for, you know, like to make that decision, of course, to walk away from your job for 13 years and, and try to do something on your own. But I just said, you know, I used to hear these voices in my head. You can do it. You know, and you only live once, you know, live your life. And so all those just kept replaying in my head. And then I just kept saying, well, Kim, if it doesn't work, what's the alternative? You just go back to work, you know? And, um, and so, like I said, when I made the decision, I just, everything's been going up. I, so far, knock on wood, I haven't had, um, I haven't had any regrets, any regrets. I think it's the best decision I could have ever made. Um, I sometimes think I wish I would have made it earlier, but I also am a firm believer that things happen in time and when they're supposed to. And so this is my time. I think that is so awesome. One thing that you said that really stood out to me is that you had these positive voices playing in your head telling you you only live once like you can do this and I think that you know so many have negative like anxiety based voices playing in their head you're not good enough what makes you think that you can do this like there are already so many other estheticians out there what makes you think you can go off on your own why would you leave security why would you leave a steady paycheck and those are the voices that we can't listen to but so often we do and it slows down our progress. So exactly. I just yeah, I just think it's so awesome that you like didn't focus on those voices at all. What was playing in your head was Kim, get out there, you've got this. Exactly, exactly. And I'm I'm just one of those ones. I, I am I try to remain positive and I try to, 
I try to keep that um, positive energy and keep the negative away because it will, it'll drown you, you know what I mean? And I just, I just try to keep some voices out, you know? And, and so you're right. Yeah. You just keep the voices, the negative voices out and you just keep your eye on the prize. Yes, absolutely. So (laughs) when you went on your own, did you have any clients lined up? I mean, did you have like a non-compete that you had signed with the spa that you were with? How did that work with you building up your clientele? Okay, so this is a tricky thing. I know everybody has their thing about, you know, when you work somewhere and then leave. And um, no, I didn't have a non-compete. Um, but I will say that um, I never I never asked one client to come with me. I basically stated um, when my last day would be. And everybody just followed through social media they contacted me um things like that so they followed me you know and so I, I left with the actually I must say I left with the full book <laughs> that's amazing yeah. yes yeah and that really yeah. makes you feel good as far as not having to tell people to come and you're like hey I'm leaving they're like hold on where are you going I want to go too like I'm like yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly and that's what and that's just how it was you know as soon as I would say you know, because I thought at the same time, you know, you're, you know, it, you shouldn't be trying to pull clients from from your place and try to take them somewhere else. So I respected that. Um, but at the same time, I felt also I needed to be honest with my clients to say that, hey, this is my last day, you know, because I'm like, how would that feel if they were to go come to make an appointment and then call and Kim's not here. And here I've been doing somebody for five years and she's never said anything, you know? Yeah. Yep. I think you handled that in a very classy, professional way. And well, good, good. that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is such a small industry. And so we don't want to burn bridges with previous exactly. employers. Or, exactly. Yep. So it, the, uh, it's full circle. It always comes back. You never know. I said the same thing sometimes when I'm at these trade shows. It's like you see one person, one here at one time, and then the next year they're in another company and they're somewhere else. So somehow it comes full circle. You're going to come across that person again, you know? Yep, yep, exactly. So mm-hmm. it's just handling things as professionally as possible and um, not. It's key. Yep, it's absolutely key. I love it. Um, So when you went off on your own, did you go into a like studio spa set up or did you get a storefront right away? Did you have a room in your home? How did you get your own spa set up initially? Okay, so basically what I'd done was I knew I wanted to stay um, close by. I didn't want to go too far out. So I, I literally went four, I was four miles away from where I was working. And I found an office um, space. And I've been in the same office space since um, 2013. Yeah, so I didn't want a storefront. I didn't want to, I didn't feel like, I mean, I, I didn't need to be grand. I didn't want to start it somewhere where the rent would be my main priority. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was like, I wanted to be able to create a space that I could be able to flourish and do what I love to do. Like I said, without worrying about the overhead, you know? And so I thought the best thing to do was, you know, just to find something more economical. Um, and like I said, it just would allow me to focus on my craft and growing my business. And, um, before like really stepping out and going into a huge um, storefront. So yeah, I'm in an office park basically. Okay. Full studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's awesome. We 
we get hit up by a few people on Instagram and they're letting us know like, hey, I'm going on my own and all this. And we're like, you know, you don't need all the bells and whistles. You just need yeah, exactly. to get in there first. Get your feet wet. Get your exactly. own little spot. Yeah, so you don't have to exactly. worry about overhead and everything and just start working. Let exactly. that be the priority. Exactly. And that's what I try to, um, because once I kind of went on my own and, you know, and seeing a lot of my other friends that, that are in the industry or that I work with, you know, everybody was calling me after a couple of years. Kim, can I come back? Can I come talk to you for a second? I'm like, sure, you know. And my number one advice that I just try to give is like, just find you a space where you can afford the rent so that you can just focus on your work. You trust me, you don't want to go in a place and you, before you know it, the first is here. It's time to pay rent again, you know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it allows you, like I said, to just be able to just focus on what you need to focus on. And so that's my, that is my number one advice that I will give to people. So Royal, we're on the same page there. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's, when you go out and you look for a space, you can go to these studio salon setups and some of them are super fancy like oh you have your own climate control inside of or ac i guess inside of your own room and we have speakers built into the ceilings and bloody da da and it there are really nice things i think there are some things that are non-negotiable like you know security cameras and things like that right but i remember when i was looking i looked at probably five or six different studio spaces before I picked mine. And I'm glad that I had the sense to realize, okay, I don't need a built-in sound system. I can play music right from my iPhone. I don't, you know, I can bring a fan in if it gets caught in here. I don't need to be paying an extra almost thousand dollars a month for all of the bells and whistles. So I found a place that had a sink in the room and, you know, auto lock doors and no windows in my, yeah go. I was good I was perfect <laughs> yeah because exactly. all of it looks nice but that add up mm-hmm. that, that adds up that yeah adds. and then like I said you get more into like like I said before you know it the first rolls around real quick <laughs> yeah it sure does so, yeah. rent for yeah. your studio space you're also paying for your liability insurance you're paying for everything your equipment yes and that's one of the reasons why it drives me absolutely nuts when people Solo estheticians specifically put their treatment prices so far below industry standard. Because I'm oh, like, drives me nuts. I know. I'm like, hello. No, not only is nobody else paying for your business to run, but also you have to pay for your own health insurance now because you're self-employed. You have to pay for your own retirement. You have to get out of student loan debt. Like, There are so many reasons. And don't forget that it completely devalues this industry as a whole if you are willing to do services for way, way, way lower than you Way can. below. And then once you offer, I mean, not saying that you can offer deals, you know, but you have to know when to offer deals because once you do, that's what they're going to expect. And that's when they're, that's going to be the only time that they come and see you is when you're giving out these $25 facials, you know? And I'm just like, once you, once you offer somebody a $25 facial, they're not coming back to paying you full price, you mm-hmm. know? They're just not going to do it. So you devalue, you know, yeah. So I I agree with you on that. Yeah. I think that if you're going to offer a deal, the best way to do it is like after the client has already been coming to you when they're already accustomed to paying full price. And then you're like, oh, it's, you know, your one year anniversary of being my client. Here's a, there you go. There you go. Whatever discount. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But that's, it's hard to do that. Like, especially when, um, 
you're new and you're in a little insecure in the industry, you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't, I don't have the the experience, I guess. So maybe I shouldn't charge what everybody else is charging. And you start to second guess yourself. And Yeah, you doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that lack of confidence. And you just feel like, you know, you don't want to lose. It's that you just, you know, you just, because you're starting, I think some just want to just give it away. Like just so you think, you, you think you're doing yourself a service by giving it away, but you're really not, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's much easier if you start high and loosen, like start hard and loosen as you go, then to start real loose and then try to raise prices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I must say, like, I with a straight face, you know, when I started my my business and I built out my menu and everything and my prices, you know, I, I stood firm by them. I didn't blink. I didn't. I wasn't scared to say the price out my mouth. This is what it is, and I haven't had a problem not one. Yeah. Well, because you weren't apologetic about it. You weren't like, um, yeah, so I no, um, I normally no, no, no. charge 150 for a peel. Does that yeah. work for you? Yeah. Uh, yeah no, what? Yeah. Does it work for that's, you? Yeah, that's I know. not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. And that's something like I um I used to work at Nordstrom and uh in the cosmetics department and you know, you're trying to sell like $200 bottle of perfume and stuff and I'm like, I would never spend $200 on perfume, but they would tell us, they're like, do not sell based on your wallet. You do That's not. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't There's know what somebody they that would. There's somebody that would buy six of those $200 bottles, you know? It, exactly. And so mm-hmm. I learned like, okay, I'm not going to make any assumptions about this person. And I wonder if you, I've never been to Atlanta. I wonder if you can relate to this though. When in my first job in aesthetic, out of aesthetic school, I worked in Houston and I learned very, very quickly that you, shout out to Houston, but you can't tell the difference between like multimillionaires and homeless people sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so do not judge a book by its cover. Right. Everybody's somebody. Yep. And so people would come in and ask to, you know, oh, I'm interested in such and such laser treatment. And you'd look at them and your natural judgment would be, there's no way you can afford that. But you just treat them like they can. And then after they'd sign all the paperwork, give you their credit card, they'd get up and pick up their keys and there'd be like a Ferrari key on their key ring. And you're yeah, like, right. yep. Okay. <laughs> Good thing that I was totally like, they can sure. buy you and your whole establishment. I know. Yeah. Like sometimes for me, what I would do, because also I, I carry retail in my place. And so um, I have some boutique items. I don't carry really a lot of clothing, but some I do. And so, um, you know, I'll get finished and then I'm I'm ringing the person up and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like as I'm ringing up, it's like in my, in my head, I'm saying, okay, we're at 700 and something dollars. And I'm thinking like, oh. And I just turn around and I'm like, okay, that'll be $838. And, you know, they don't flinch. Here's the credit card. And I'm like, see, there's nothing to worry about. Yep. Do what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do not know what people can or can't afford. Can and so afford. you're just mm-hmm. straightforward about your prices. And it's up to them to do their budget or pay or, their bills, like whatever. Has nothing to do with Exactly. And I was always taught you should never assume anyway. So right. that's always it. That's always in my head. You don't assume anything, you know? No, you sure don't. Exactly. So if they can't afford it. Maybe you know they wouldn't. Have, they wouldn't have reached out and made the appointment or to come and see you. You know, I, and I'm up front. I, I never do anything to a client, and then when they get done, give them a huge bill. You know, every you know, I I make sure I explain everything and 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 I break it down. So you know, as long as you do that and you're up front, and if they're comfortable with it, then they'll proceed. If not, then we'll move on. 
Yep, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I do think that that's important to, you know, if a client comes in and asks for something, you, you let them know the price so that there aren't surprises, but you're not like, Oh, are you sure you want to do that full package? Because it's like $1,700. No, you're like, okay, great. So we'll add that package. That'll be 1700. And then I highly recommend this post-care kit to go along with it, which is another 200. There you go. There you go. Yep. There you go. <laughs> exactly. And rent is paid. And rent is paid. Rent is paid. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I want to ask you really quick. You said that you have retail at your spa. So what kind of items do you sell there? So I sell anything from accessories. Um, so it's more like rings, earrings, necklaces, um, things like that. And then I do carry some clothing and it's more the, the, the type of clothing. It's more yoga, yoga type wear, things like that. Um, and what else do I carry in there? Candles. I have a lot of candles. I have um, stationary cards, you know, like birthday and yeah. things like that. Um, so, yeah, I get pretty much um, things like that. Okay. So how yeah. did... How did you set that up? Did you have somebody who approached you and was like, hey, I'd like for you to start selling some of my stuff? Or did you go out and find those on your own? I actually went out and found them on my own. Um, I attended some trade shows um, and talked to different vendors and and things like that. Now, when I first started, I will say, I mean, I didn't have a large selection of things, you know, because I just couldn't afford to like have a a shelf full of retail items. Like it just didn't work that way for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, but pretty much now, uh, you know, I stay pretty full stock. And like I said, just through, through, um, using certain things and knowing different vendors, um, they, uh, they offer wholesale prices and things like that. So that allows me to, to bring their lines in and, and carry them in, in the spa. Okay. And do you feel like that's something that has been really beneficial to you to start doing? Yes, definitely. And um, I mean, because I'm a big believer if you're going to if you're doing skincare and you're giving somebody they need home care. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I just I just don't see how you can give somebody a service and let them go home with nothing or just expect them to continue using what they're using. So I'm a believer in in in, in retailing home care. Mm-hmm. And like I said, not just I mean, of course, you do want to, you know, make your money as well. But then at the same time. You need the work to continue um, of what you just did. So you need to make sure that they're following up and, you know, and taking care of their skin. Yeah. I think it's such a no brainer to offer home care retail from your spa, because just like you said, it benefits the client. And as their skincare authority, you kind of owe them the courtesy of giving them all of the tools and resources they need to accomplish their skincare goals. So if you're nervous about selling and somebody comes in and asks for a facial because they're dealing with, you know, hyperpigmentation or something and all you do is provide them with services and then they find out from watching TV or going to Sephora or something that there's this brightening cream, well they want all the tools and so they're going to yeah. buy that brightening cream from somebody else. Somebody, yeah, exactly. They're going to get it from somebody. You're exactly right about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and when they come in and they and you give them a service I tell Melissa all the time that I've realized that 90% of it, it's them that is going to fix their skin because they have to keep up with this treatment. Mm-hmm. And you're the only 10%. They come to you, then a few weeks later, they come back to you. But within that time period, period, they need to be keeping up and doing what they're supposed to do. So if they don't have the tools to, 
And how are they supposed to, exactly? How are they going to get get better? Yep, exactly. I, I stress that to them as well. Like it, you're with your skin more than I am, mm-hmm. you know. So these are the things that you're doing, you know. And like I said, sometimes you don't, you know, you might they come in. You could have performed in an um, enzyme treatment. And then they leave and they go home. I've heard stories such as they go home and you did a facial that morning and that night they're cleansing with some type of acid, black salt or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's a total disservice if you if you if you don't let them know about the home care and what they should be, what they should be and what they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So that's how I that's how I look at it. Yeah, and especially with all of the different voices out there, with you know beauty bloggers who may not be licensed who are giving ideas about, oh, grind up these walnuts and scrub them on your face and, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Like you need to help your clients understand, okay, if you are coming to me, then I'm going to teach you how to take care of your skin and you need to drown out all the other noise and just listen to the sound of my voice. Exactly. Let me guide you. Exactly. (laughs) Your skin is no longer your skin. It's mine. It is my skin. And you will not, you will not make a concoction of lemon juice and honey and whatever else and bake your face. Like this was this. Let me tell you about a. Well, I wouldn't say it's a funny story, but I I went to Jamaica and I usually I travel to Jamaica once a year and it's a girls' trip. My cousin and two other girlfriends and so we're laying out and and so my cousin I just noticed like her her skin was super red and I'm like. Dana, I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, what are you doing? And so she was like, I don't know, but my face is on fire. It's on fire. Mm. And so I said to her, I said, what are you using? Like, what are you using on your skin? And she says, um, and then she showed me, she, here she is like going out to lay out in the beach after using uh, 12% glycolic every morning, 12% every morning. She's washing her face morning oh and night gosh. with glycolic. And it's just from something she just ordered. She ordered some things online and then they sent some samples or some other things and just basically, and so clients, they don't know. They just, Mm -hmm. they get something and they just use it, you know? And here she is just laying out in the sun after using, like I said, 12% glycolic. And so I'm like, no, no, no. That's why it's important. You do have to educate because they don't know. Right. Oh my gosh. Your poor cousin. Clients, they hear about something and they're like, oh, glycolic acid, for example, that helps with anti-aging then more must be good. So I must use this. Or, oh, TCA, that helps with skin texture. Well, then a little bit is good. Then tons must be better. So, yeah. And they don't they don't have the training and the education that we have. So that's why it's so important. When a client comes in, you do a thorough consultation and you give them all their forms, their pre and post care instructions. You go over it with them. You set them up with the proper skincare regimen. And of course, if a client is like, no, I really, really love such and such product that I've been using from Estee Lauder or something. Ask what product product it is, look it up, check the ingredients. And if there is nothing consequential in it, fine, whatever, you can use it. And then as they build a relationship with you and see improvement with their skin, they're going to want to leave that Estee Lauder product behind and start using whatever it is you're offering because they'll see the results. Exactly. And I usually try to guide them in that way because mm-hmm. you know things are expensive. And so I, I do understand that when a client comes in, a client might not be able to just say they just pay for a $200 treatment and then, you know, they have to drop 200 on products. So I usually try to 
let's start here. Let's grab some things now that would be beneficial. And then how about when you run out of this, we're going to go ahead and we're going to replace it with this. Yep. So when I see you next time, I'll have this for you. And then, you know, you just push the old things out until eventually um, they have everything it is that you suggest in their arsenal. I call it their skincare arsenal. And then everybody's good to go. I love it. I think that's so <laughs> smart. I've also heard of estheticians doing like a 10% discount where if you bring in your old over-the-counter product and trade it in, not trade it, like obviously replace it with their professional grade products, then they'll give you a 10% discount for every old product that you're get, you know, giving yeah, up. Or, yeah. 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 That sounds like a great one. I know Mac used to do something like that with their lipstick. You bring in the container and then you get a, either a free gloss or something like that. But yep. that's another good way of doing it too, just to get clients bringing your old bottles or whatever, and we're getting rid of them and we'll give you 10%. Yeah. That's, I like that. And now that I'm thinking about it, that'd be kind of a fun, like Instagram campaign thing. Like you have your, one of your highlights is clients, you know, trading in their new product kind of thing. So do a fun little, oh, we're here yeah. with so-and-so. She's making the switch. That's and the post. Yeah, see, you might be on to something, Melissa. <laughs> yeah, like, why not? Because people love feeling special. I like that, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a great one. That's a great one. I'm going to write this down. Thanks to you for that one. <laughs> well, we might post that today. Making the switch. <laughs> what what do these? I like that. I like that. What do these estheticians do with the old products that they get? Do they like blow them up? Throw it away. Fast. Get, get rid of it. <laughs> get rid of it. But yeah, find some way to make it, um, you know, fun for your clients if you can to make it exciting to switch over to these new, better pharmaceutical grade products that oh, with the old in with the new i know right exactly there. yeah because i usually do encourage like um i do say that if you're if you order products at the time of your facial then i'll usually give a, a discount you know versus you know if you call back later and you just say hey i want to get this you know i so i do offer that yeah. you know a little discount at the time of, of purchase yeah that's so smart to give that little sense of urgency yeah yeah mm -hmm. I love it. And then, you know, of course, the other side of it, I mean, our clients matter and we want them to have great results with their skin. But hello, selling retail puts more money in your pocket. And that is so smart because as estheticians, we're trading time for money. And so if we're, for the most part, if you're if you're not selling products or, um, you know, have a blog that's monetized or whatever, then you're not bringing in a lot of money unless you're actually physically with a client doing a service. And so when you can look for ways and find ways to bring in money without having to put more strain on your body, sign me up for that. Sign me up. Work mm -hmm. harder. Yeah, work smarter, not harder is the, is, is the, um, is the key to that. So mm -hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. And see, I, learned, I think that's one of the, you know, the good things or the positive aspects of you know, going to work for a place first because you learn all that. Like, and that's another thing I even try to um, stress to girls that are wanting to go solo. Like, you think just because you came out of school, you're just ready to just, if you don't have a clientele, like, that's the last thing I recommend. Mm -hmm. At least go get a job at a spa just so you can get your feet wet and you kind of see how things are, things are done and, you know, how you move around inside a spa and just how that whole industry works. And then, 
you know, you have to build yourself up a clientele. I definitely don't recommend um, people going right out and going right into getting their own place without a, without a clientele. I agree. I wish that Mm -hmm. you had been in my life to give me a pep talk like that when I, when I opened my studio spa. Yeah, because I think everybody wants it. You know, I, I even see it in the group. They see it and it's like, oh, I want my own place. And I want, and I'm like, that's the last, you don't want to get your own place to practice. Practice mm-hmm. some, let's start with practice somewhere else. Learn a few things and and then get going, you know. But I, I definitely wouldn't suggest starting out on your own and uh, without a clientele. You got to be a little bit smarter than that. I completely agree. Let somebody else pay for the lights, the everything, yeah, the water. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I had learned from even in the spa, um, you know, after being there for some time, I I realized that that the money that they were making, it wasn't us that were performing the services. It was the retail that mm-hmm. is where they made their money. You know, so I learned that. You know, where. I probably wouldn't have thought that way, you know? And so that's why I was like, retail was a must for me. Yeah. I think that's so great that you had that experience going in. My, I worked at a medical spa before um, I opened my spa and they got their money from the packages that they sold, the treatment packages. So retail was just an afterthought. I mean, I sold retail because I, you know, I had worked in cosmetic sales before and everything. And so I, had a grasp on that. But whenever I did, they were like, Oh, cool. Thanks for doing that. I'm like, why are you thanking me? I should just, this should just be part of my job. But, um, but it was good because then I had that mentality and that habit when I went into my spa and I'll be honest though, even when I got into my studio space and I started seeing clients, I, I did struggle with implementing everything when I first started, like I had some product that I didn't sell and it went bad and I had to just toss it. I mean, I was trying to figure out how to build a clientele, how to market, how to do taxes, how to do everything all at once. And so there were things that slipped through the cracks because, yeah, like I thought, oh, I know how to do great treatments and I'm moving back to an area where I have lots of friends and family. And so, of course, I'll be able to get clients. Friends and family are not your clients. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Doesn't always work like that. Nope. They're not. It, seems, it, seems, it does seem a lot easier in the brain. It's all up in the mind until it's time to come out and execute it, you know? Yep. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, you're opening a spa. Great. I can't wait. Can't wait to come and get a service. Can't wait to come to your grand opening. Yeah. None of them came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was left twiddling my thumbs thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yep. It's It's a scary world out there. So I think it is really, really smart. Like you're saying, put yourself in a position of success. Make sure you've got some actual clients before you take on a studio lease or a storefront lease or anything like that. Make sure that you are guaranteeing your success as much as possible instead of just winging it. Because a lot of people, they'll get what happens. They be get they get frustrated, and then you give up and you hate it. Like I've seen girls come in to the when I was at the place that I was working. They would get hired and they would come in and it's like, oh, I don't have any clients. I can't take this. I'm quitting. I'm leaving. Like, and I'm like, oh, see, it doesn't work like that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, it, it, it definitely takes time and you can't jump all over the place, you know? And you get something you definitely have to be smart about and strategic as far as 
planning it out. Should I have a part-time job as well while I'm trying to do this? I mean, it's just all what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go with it. And I think, you know, once you got that together, then you're able to make the proper decisions on how you should proceed, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And uh, we live in this world of like instant gratification. We see these people on social media who have these amazing spas and all these followers and clients. And we're like, well, they have it, so I should have it too. But we didn't see the process that it took for them to get there. We didn't see the hours they put in and um, the years maybe that it took for them to build up their business. And so I do see that a lot where people will just quit because it doesn't happen in an instant. But this is an industry that takes time to build. You've got to a very grow. yeah, a very long time. And I'll be honest, it took it was it was about my fifth year before I was even able to make my place pretty. I'm not saying I mean it was nice and it was decorated. I had to do what I had to do to make mm-hmm. it comfortable or whatever, but um I finally just built out my place and you know, where I consider it like it's my prize now, you know, I mean, it's a nice place. But when I first started, you know, I just bought the the bedding and the flowers and, you know, and the wall art and things like that, um, just to try to make it look presentable, you know, mm-hmm. but it took some time, you know, like I said, it wasn't until about my fifth year before I actually did have renovations and had flooring put in and um, shelving and, you know, build out all that, all that stuff like that. So, I mean, it definitely takes time. Yeah. And that brings up the great point that you have to look at your priorities. And I think that, you know, so many of us in the industry, we are creatives. And so we get excited about the the decor and the website and the business cards and making sure everything looks pretty and fancy. And, oh, I need to order this like custom wallpaper and blah, 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 blah. But But you broke. But you broke. (laughs) You said it right there. It is. I, yeah, you're exactly right. Everybody wants the pretty pink and the paper. And the, you're right. You are so right. And yeah. you don't have a dime. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so sometimes you have to be like, you know what? I'm going to get this uh, Philly bookcase from Ikea for $40. And it looks horrible. But you know what? It It's not like from the thrift store, at least. You know, exactly. and I'm going to just put that up and we'll get to it when we can get to it. Because right now what I need to worry about is actually getting clients in my door. Yeah, because that's right. That's no matter. Yeah, because mm-hmm. whether you get paid or you don't, IRS is going to get their money. They're going to get their money man. first. Yep. Oh, yeah, whether man. you get paid or not. I know. So exactly. make sure you can pay yourself too. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So um, let's talk about the solo esthetician. What made you decide to start that group? And did it start as a Facebook group? Tell us the history. Okay. So the solo esthetician. Okay. So as I grew with being just over my job and just ready to go out on my own, it was just like, I kept thinking like, like I said, I just believe the solo is where it's at. Like after just learning the ins, ins and outs of, of, of everything in the spa industry, um, I just felt like being a solo artist is where to me, you can, you can just thrive and you can make, you know, you can make the best money for yourself. Um, and so I just, I don't know, that just kind of popped in my head. And then, so I created the group. It was right when I left and I felt like now that I didn't have my other SDs around me that we could bounce ideas off of each other or 
hey, what did you use with this? Or what could I use with that? Or, hey, she has this on her skin. Like, you're in your room by yourself. You don't really have anybody else to talk to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just came up with the solo esthetician. And so when I created that group, it was really designed for it to just be a platform where people could come and share, learn, vent. Um, basically, it could just really, it was, it was able to run itself. You know, that's how it was, it started, like, and so, and then it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And then before I knew it, I was just like, okay, wow. Okay. So now I need moderators, you know, the page needs some structure. You got to make some change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just mind blowing. It, it, it's where it has gone, should I say. Yeah. That's amazing. So you started the group that was how many years ago? Actually, I started in 2017. I actually created the name, but I actually, I had it and I, it was all on paper, but I didn't actually create the group until 2017. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you have oh, what, over 16,000 followers. In three years. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. fantastic. And I love the group. I think it's so great that there is this place that you know, you're, you're very good with the rules that you have in place where it's not, um, it's not overly salesy. You have rules about making sure that people are polite and aren't rude to each other and things like that. And, um, I think it is such a great place to be able to go and get advice because you're absolutely right. As a solo esthetician, you don't have a supervisor that you can go to, to find out the best way to treat this client or, um, you know, somebody to help you figure out policies or, well, you can come to us for that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> right, but, yeah. um, but you know, you're exactly right on. And so rather than go through hours and hours and hours of research on Google or something, hoping that you are finding something that was written by a licensed esthetician and not just a beauty editor, an uncredentialed beauty yeah, editor, yeah. you can go to the group. You can, you can even go into the search tab. So you don't have to post a question initially. You can just search to see if somebody search. else already exactly. asked it yeah. and find it's all, what you it's need. All information right there for you to, to do what you like to do with it you know yep exactly and it's um it's all licensed estheticians correct correct um now I will say there have been some slips through the cracks where um people have been in that shouldn't have been in um they might have been astute and you know there was some that you know in the beginning you had to put your your license number and then um you know so people would put anything and then when I would go to verify it um it wasn't there but then what I was doing was I was losing track of who it actually it was because then once I accepted them into the group their name was no longer there so kind of for a minute but I kind of weeded all that out and it's um strictly licensed professionals only that's who the group welcomes only that's That's awesome I love because for the most part I hate Facebook and I love going and just looking at the groups, that's the, that's the esthetician groups. And so yeah. a few days ago, or maybe about a week ago, I was on the solo estheticians page just looking because you get notifications when people ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I just right. I get such a kick out of it because people ask, will post something and be like, should I give this girl a cancellation policy? Uh, should I enforce yeah. it or should I not? And I look at Melissa, oh, we got another one. How much you want to bet she ain't going to enforce that policy? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, every you come right, I mean, you see it all. Like, I'd be mm-hmm. amazed that sometimes I'm, like, I'm scrolling down and going through, and I'm just like, I mean, they ask everything, you know? Yeah. You just It just amazes me, yeah. Yep, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, that's one of 
literally one of Royal's favorite pastimes is to just go through and he'll read things and he'll be like, what does this mean? What is this? And show me pictures. And he's like, is this normal? I'm like, yes, that's normal. That's, you know, that's a Brazilian wax you know, or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it might be. And so he learns so much from the Facebook group. Like he's it's fun. He's I get a kick out of it. Well, good for you, Royal. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, you know, I want to talk about community for a second. Because okay. as solo estheticians, you know, as we've already kind of said, it can be a little bit isolating. We don't have anybody to necessarily go to with our questions or coworkers that we can vent about the day with and everything. And you've created this space within the solo esthetician where we can have that. But why do you feel community is so important, specifically within this industry? Because it's just, it's so much out here. Um, and it, it, it just, it gets to be overwhelming. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just too much information. And so what I wanted to, what I wanted the solo esthetician to be is a, as a trusted resource. So my thing is, I feel like I tend to try to look for things that I allow in the group or that, um, should I say, or promote or, um, things like that. I, I look for companies that are that are true, that have good integrity about themselves, um, good products, the message is good. And um, I believe that way by having strong vendors inside the group, then I'm able to provide um, exactly what they need. And so it's not like, okay, you came here, you, sit, you saw this, and then now you're having to double back and go somewhere else. And and try to learn this all over again because the mis- the information you got was probably incorrect or wrong. So mm-hmm. I just try to provide a um, a solid um, working community that is trusted and true for the members. I love that. I think that's so great. Um, I I also wanted to ask you about you know social media can be such a powerful tool, but it can also be a little bit of an inhibitor. I think. And uh, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in comparison. And this is something that, you know, quite frankly, we've talked about with quite a few of our guests lately. Um, and uh, it it is just so easy to look at other people's social medias or, you know, other people's Facebook pages or even the way that people respond. Like sometimes people will answer questions on the group and they are they speak with so much authority and you're like, oh my gosh, they are obviously so great in this industry. They have so much experience and um, it can kind of, sometimes it can empower you to make you feel like, oh, I want to be like that too. So I'm going to work and I'm going to grow. But also sometimes it makes some of us like a little more timid and we're like, oh, I don't know if I can ever be like that. Maybe there are already so many great estheticians out there that there's not room for me. So what advice would you have for somebody who's maybe feeling a little bit insecure because of social media comparison? Let's see. So I think um I think my advice to somebody would be I'm a believer you keep a, you keep the eye on your pride. Mm-hmm. Your story is your story. Um no one else is like you. You know, I mean, you can be intent. I mean, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't be imitated, you know, so mm-hmm. your vision is your vision. And if you if you stay true to what you believe in and like I said, keep your eye on the prize, then 
you tend to stay focused uh, on what's in front of you and your goals. And, um, and then you kind of, you know, you, you, you just kind of keep yourself from getting involved in, in, into all the hype of, of everything else. So this person has these many followers or they got this many likes or, you know, things like that. You just kind of let kind of go out the door. I just try to, I just try to always remain focused. And like I said, just know where I'm going. And then that just kind of keeps my mind, it just kind of keeps my mind clear. And then I'm not able to drift off and kind of worry about those other pages or what someone else is doing. You know, I just, Mm -hmm. I just focus on, on the prize, which is my vision. Yep. I think that's so perfect. Keep your eye on the prize. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's all about exactly. you and your goals. Exactly. Love it. So that that would be that would be um that would be my advice. Because like you said, I mean, you get on there and you see so much, and they're doing this and they're doing that, and I mean, and they probably have the same struggles as you. I mean, they look like they're making moves, and it looks like this, and it looks like that. But trust me, they have the the, the struggle is real for mm-hmm. everybody. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's real for everybody, you know, and so it's what you do with your plan that sets you apart, you know. So I think if you if you just stay focused on your goals and 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 your vision, then you won't get caught up in somebody else's story or their vision. And if you stay too long focusing on somebody else's story and vision, then yours won't grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's almost like you can get kind of a shiny object syndrome where you'll you'll start focusing in on people that you're like, oh, their story is so great. So maybe I should do what they're doing. But then the next person will show up doing something different, but also have a great clientele or great, great following. And you're like, oh, wait, maybe I should do what they're doing. And then rather than putting in the time that you need to grow your business, you're jumping from... um you know, tactic to tactic to tactic. Oh, yeah, just trying to chase anything. Exactly. 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 Yep. So I love that. I think that that's such great advice. Um, now on the page for uh, for people who are wanting to ask questions, would you recommend that everybody feel like they can ask questions? Or do you think that only people who have been in the industry for a long time or only new estheticians should be asking questions? Is this like an open platform for yeah, it's an open platform um, platform for anyone, and no, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Um, you know, like I said, if you if if like I might scroll across something and and I might see something, and I'm thinking like, you know, I might think, okay, the person should know the answer to this, but maybe they don't. And if I don't answer it, somebody will answer it. You know, and mm-hmm. so I just believe ask whatever it is there's no there's no such thing as a stupid question I mean I've seen questions on there like I drop wax on the floor how do I get waxed up I mean you know things mm-hmm. like that but again she doesn't know how to get waxed up yeah <laughs> so somebody will answer that question for her so yeah it's you can it's anybody can post and ask a question about anything so everybody's welcome in okay. that sense Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we also have to remember that we, we all had different trainings and different backgrounds. So some aesthetic schools have different focuses than others. Like, so for example, my aesthetic school was really focused on laser hair removal as opposed to waxing. So we learned waxing treatments, but we didn't really go into depth about those. It was kind of an afterthought. 
And so for me, if I had decided that waxing was something that I really, really wanted to pursue, I would be asking questions that other estheticians who went to different schools might think, oh, she should, you know, she should know how to get wax off the floor or whatever. And so we have to remember rather than being like, oh, you must not have paid attention. You, you know, you're dumb. No, Everybody, you just, yeah. yeah, you learned differently. We learned different. And that's what I try to, I even had to, I, you know, have a discussion with some other moderators and, um, and that was something that I, I needed to stress because that's what I'm saying. We have, we have people from all over the world inside the solo esthetician group, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's estheticians from Dubai, there's estheticians from Australia, Switzerland, like everybody just does things different, you know? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta, you gotta, um, create that space where everybody feels welcome and they can ask what they need to ask. That's how I feel. Like, I want you to be able to say whatever it is you need to say. Awesome. I love it. But I but I think the problem is that everybody in there went to school and everything, but Melissa actually learned how to do everything off YouTube. So <laughs> <laughs> mine is the license that can't be verified. <laughs> Royal, I like your sense of humor. <laughs> He's always dogging on me. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Yep. All, all three of my state licenses are um, fake. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a good one, yeah. I was like, that's, see, that's the concern I have. Is that Melissa learned how to do hers off YouTube? <laughs> I'm a quit right now. <laughs> that was too funny. Oh my gosh, I did not learn on YouTube, y'all. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, you make clear that up because surely somebody yep. will hear that. Yep. That's, this a, going viral. that's one of the things that are so is so frustrating for me though sometimes is because like they say, same people can read the same thing and sometimes people walk away and they only heard what they wanted to hear. So yeah, yeah. clear that up. Yeah, it was a joke, everybody. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> or or was it? We we joke here. I have <laughs> official state licenses. It's fine. I passed my state boards. <laughs> I did my hours. The print is extremely small. (laughs) Can you get out of here? I'm going to talk to Kim by myself. You leave. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This guy, my life. (laughs) Gotta love him. Gotta love him, right? Yep. Okay. Um, Kim, thank you so much for being here with us. Where can people connect with you? How can they become a part of the solo esthetician? Um, yeah, let us know how to how to find so, you. Ba- so basically, the, um, you know, if you're a licensed esthetician out there and, and you're looking for a, a community base of other um, esthetician professionals, then definitely search um, in the, inside the Facebook group. Just search the solo esthetician. I'm also on Instagram, IG, which is the solo esthetician, and yeah, pretty much. I think those are those are really my only two platforms that um, where I'm at right now, as okay. of right now. And then um, we, ha- I am working on the website, so stay tuned for that. That's coming soon. And so, um, yeah. Okay, so, so the people, um, I'm gonna repeat that because I got a person. Um, so, is the solo esthetician only open to licensed estheticians, or do you allow students? No, so. Okay, so I have actually I have two groups. One is called So You Want to Be an Esthetician, and that's growing. That's 
that's only a um, group of, as of right now, it's about 800. Okay. And the solo esthetician is for license only. Yeah, we had to kind of keep that separate. You know, at first, when I first started, there were students that could come into the group, but it was it was just starting to get a little confusing. And then most of the estheticians that were licensed, they weren't feeling it. And so then, like I said, I kind of, after it kind of made sense and I kind of weeded out, you know, certain things. And when I was trying to dictate where the page was going, I just thought it was best to separate the two. And then that's how I end up creating. So you want to become a solo esthetician. And like I said, that one is that, that group over there is growing and it's doing well, but it's, it's not as large as the, the solo esthetician. Okay. So we will link the information for both of those groups in the episode notes so that whether you're a student or you're already licensed, you'll be able to know how to get in contact and get into these groups. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Um, Kim, we always like to ask our guests if they could briefly talk about what boundaries, balance, health, and safety mean to them. So that's kind of, to me, I feel like... I feel like they're kind of like all wrapped into one. So I'll start with balance. Like for me, balance to me is having things in order mm-hmm. um, and being able to, to execute goals. That, those are, that's balance for me. When, when I, when I operate in, in such a manner, for me, it creates balance. And so, um, it allows me to, it just allows me to operate at a, at a, I wouldn't say a, a slow pace, but it allows me, like I said, I, I'm just a firm believer of just keeping my eye on the prize. So I just feel like when I'm balanced, everything seems to flow and sink. And mm-hmm. it just allows me to just kind of keep that focus. And so then I think it kind of brings the other things in when you talk about boundaries when you're balanced and everything has its place in your life and where you're at, then at the same time you create, you make sure that boundaries aren't overstepped and Mm -hmm. um, that allows you to kind of keep that at at bay as well. You know what I mean? Like you're just able to, by by staying balanced, I guess what I'm trying to say is by staying balanced, it allows the other things to just flow naturally. So if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's so true. Like one definitely does affect the others. And when you, you're right, when you have that balance, then you can think clearly, you can focus the way you need to. Um, you aren't having a ton of overwhelm in your life. And so then you can make sure that your boundaries are in place, you, that you're staying healthy, that you're implementing. You're not stressed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's how, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's how, perfect. Yeah, that's just how I feel about it. So it's it's like kind of I think I could answer balance and and, and it kind of brings them all together and into one. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Kim, you are a gem. Thank you so much for taking your time to be here, and thank you for creating such a valuable resource for this industry. The solo esthetician group is absolutely phenomenal. I think it is such a gem and we we hope that any of you listeners who are not yet a member of it go to facebook right now and join it because it is such a valuable resource absolutely thank you well thank you guys and it was a pleasure being here with you too um it's always fun
<laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, I like Royals chips. So. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I know we always say we always say he's the personality behind Spa Strong. I have I have the education and that he has all the good looks and everything else. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks yeah. for having. Me. Thank you. All right, thank you.